Our readings today remind us of an important virtue that should animate our dealings with God, our dealings with others, and our dealings with ourselves. Beloved, this virtue is the virtue of humility. It is normal to want to be someone who is respected in the community. It is also normal to want to do our work well, to wish that others see what we do as something very important. But this desire becomes wrong when we try to be above others. When we try to be above them always and everywhere, then there is something not right. In our first reading today, Ben Sirach teaches us that if we perform our tasks with humility, we will be loved by those whom God accepts. The greater we are, the more we must humble ourselves so we will find favor in the sight of the Lord. Sirach 3, 17 to 18. His reasons are quite simple. One, that we are all creatures of God and that we are not all in all. Two, that everything we are or everything we have are not our own, but they are all gifts from God and therefore we cannot boast or grow proud because of them. And finally, that we are all sinners in need of God's mercy. Sirach instructs us to be honest about ourselves and to become conscious of our limitations, be conscious of our failures, to be conscious of our shortcomings, and acknowledging our true position before God as creatures and as sinners. In fact, beloved, we are not defined by our achievements in life. We are not to be defined by the positions and the wealth that we have in life. We are defined by the fact that we are created in the image and likeness of God. So irrespective of our achievements and positions, irrespective of our degrees and whatever you know, status in life that we hold, our dignity is from the fact that we are humans created in the image and God of God, and therefore we carry the imago of the Lord. So each individual, whether they have made a significant contribution to life or not, they still have the dignity of the human person. Yes, God might have helped us to acquire certain heights, but that is not the reason for boasting. We need to acknowledge the fact that we are who we are because God gave us the instruments that made it possible for us to attain those heights. In the gospel, Jesus exhorts us in a similar way. For everyone who exhorts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. 
the Pharisees exalted themselves in a holier-than-thou attitude and therefore would not descend to even greet others whom they had tagged as sinners. Even among their own selves, each one thought he was more important than any other, and so that is the reason why they were striving to have the highest places of honor at the table. Unfortunately, instead of the table being a call to fellowship, it is a call to striving dignity among the Pharisees. Beloved, you would appreciate the fact that there is some level of Pharisaic attitude in each one of us. But we have to understand that a proud follower of the humble Christ is a contradiction in life. Christ condescended to take our human nature. He experienced poverty and died a male factor on the cross among criminals. That is why he counsels us by saying, Learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart. Humility is not a call to denial of the truth. Jesus humbled himself, but he did not deny the fact that he is the Son of God. And neither did he deny the fact that before Abraham ever was, he was. The call to a life of humility is not a call to deny who we are and what we are. Who we are and what we are, I by the grace of God. Humility, therefore, is a call to surrender to the power of God. It's a call to acknowledge him as the all-powerful and all-holy one. It's a call to acknowledge the fact that he is the source of all we have and who we are. And that is why St. Paul asked in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, What have you that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as if it were? not a gift. Today, there are proud Christians who, like the Pharisees of Jesus' time, thank God that they are not like the rest of men. They shun any contact with sinners. They prop their ears when any scandal is mentioned, yet they never miss the gossip. They are always ready to condemn offhand the unfortunate giver of scandal without knowing the extenuating circumstances. Even church leadership do not escape their censorship. The normal human Christian knows that pastors and even individual bishops are human and can make mistakes at times. But to the proud and the self-opinionated Christian, they are always wrong, except when their decisions agree to the letter with his or her opinion. Pride in anyone's soul brings with it denial. It brings with it rationalization. It brings with it leaving a lie. People cannot humble themselves to accept their fault so they can ask for forgiveness. They would always rationalize. They will always argue either to defend or to excuse themselves. Pride also affects our relationship with those around us. Living prideful and self-centered life brings me into a hell on earth in which my ego 
pushes God aside and causes me to dominate, manipulate, rule, and control others. Pride, we must always remember, was Lucifer's downfall. Pride, we must remember, was the cause of Adam and Eve leaving the Garden of Eden. When they were confronted by the merciful God, trying to initiate the conversation for repentance, it was the game of blame. The woman you gave me, he gave me the fruit and I ate. The woman also said, it was the serpent who tricked me. How often do we not hear that? The devil tempted me. It was all the fault of the devil. It is somebody who made me do what I did. In fact, pride indeed is the root cause of all sin. And pride will never allow us to seek reconciliation in any way. There is a little demon of pride in each one of us. There is the natural inclination for each one to esteem himself or herself a little better in most ways, if not all, than his or her neighbor. We must keep this demon in check and not allow it to grow in us. We can do that through prayer, where we acknowledge God's greatness and our dependence on him. We can also stop talking so much about ourselves, making a concerted effort to be more interested in knowing what others are going through than in telling them what we are going through or what we are able to accomplish. Today, Jesus will humble himself again by coming to us in the Holy Eucharist reminding us that humility is the secret of a fulfilling and a fruitful life. May the Holy Spirit help us to always see the humble Christ in the Eucharist so we can imitate him. Amen.